Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Just recently, I was um, asked uh, if I would give a talk at a uh, church to a church community on global warming. And uh, so I agreed to do this, and it meant that I had to do some research on the uh, topic of, um, of global warming. I had uh, written in this uh, area uh, many years ago um, in a book uh, that was published in uh, 1998, I think, uh, around about there. It was called The Perils of Progress. It was published by the University of New South Wales Press. But it was also used as a textbook around the world. It was published by the University of Cape Town Press, Fernley Press in Canada, St. Martin's Press in the US and Zed Books in the UK. And um, I looked at um, yeah, the, the side increases in carbon dioxide content in the atmosphere at that time uh, that was uh, occurring. And of course, you know, that's um, over 20 years ago. And so I was interested to look at the uh, the update of um, of what was happening in this area, and when uh, we look at uh, you know the the current data and this current claim of global warming and whether it's ac- actually occurring, I uh, noticed that the um, it seemed to be that the latest temperature rise data that I could see. W- gave um, that uh, since about 1900, so that's over the past 120 years or so, um, the temperature had uh, risen uh, by about uh, just over one degree. I think it was about 1.1 degree. Now, this is interesting because there's a lot of aspects to global warming. Uh, one of, and one of the aspects is, well, the, the oceans uh, are not rising that much. They're, I think the temperature from memory for the global rising of the oceans was about um, 0.7 or 0.8 of a degree. I think maybe 0.7 of a degree. The land mass um, had on average increased by about 1.5 degrees. So as we can see, global warming is, is quite a complex feature, but it's, it's not a real lot. Now, one of the real concerns is about the alarmist um, attitude that is being promulgated. And, and just recently, of course, some uh, high school students, I think they were, um, have um, uh, taken the Prime Minister of Australia to court um, uh, uh, saying that he's not doing enough to uh, protect the environment and uh, I think global warming was, uh, you know, one of the big issues that they're focusing the data on. So it's a matter that's certainly alarming a, a lot of uh, people. One of the things that really concerns me as well as this alarmist attitude is that we have to understand that some of the interpretation that's being placed on this is in on the basis of long-age evolutionary models. And not in respect to a creation model, which really fits the data much better, um, as I've explained many times. And so 
We need to understand that a lot of um, this uh, belief that is being raised is is um, in an educational environment which assumes evolution and massive long ages, denies the global flood and all, all these sort of things, Noah's flood and, and denies all these sort of things. So really they're not based on, on the, the best evidence because we know that evolution didn't happen. It's absolutely scientifically impossible. We know when we do the radiometric dating, we get absolutely crazy dates for rocks we know the age of. We know rocks that are only you know hundreds of years old or less even can date it millions of years. So we're on very shaky ground in this regard and... You know, what What concerns me also is that back in uh, February 2010, um, the Israeli Education Ministry chief scientist, Dr. Gabriel Avital, sparked a furor among local university academics when the newspaper Haaretz, which is a, an Israeli newspaper, reported him encouraging students to critically examine the evolutionary teaching that was imposed upon them. Uh, he went on to uh, uh, express views and massive doubt about the uh, emergency of global warming as well. And he was quoted uh, by as saying, another scientific field that is problematic is biology or life and the environmental sciences. When your doctrine is based on Darwin's view of evolution and its implications, you are standing on unreliable foundations. The, this was... Um, um, led to an article that was uh, published in Haaretz, February 21, 2010. And the title of the article was Education Ministry Chief Scientist Dismissive Remarks on Fundamental Tenets of Science Spark Calls for His Outster. And he was actually forced to resign. Now, the interesting thing is, and he pointed that out too, that at the present time, all the 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 reason why they got rid of uh, him and was forced to resign was on the basis of uh, what we call um, consensus. So in other words, there are a number of scientists that disagreed with him. But it wasn't on the basis of science. These scientists couldn't produce necessarily evidence um, It was just on the basis, whoa, we disagree with him, you know. Um, and this is becoming very problematic in our society. In other words, there's a growing intolerance. If somebody has a view, uh, a different view, then they can't talk about it. And uh, and particularly if it's a, in a view like related to creation or related to global warming, related to certain sexuality issues, um, you can't have an alternative view. Or you can't voice it. You might be able to hold it in private, but you can't really develop arguments um, that oppose this current supposedly consensus view. And this is very, very concerning because what's happening is, in effect, it is stifling the truth. It's stifling logic. So uh, Dr. Gabriel Avital, as I said, was forced to resign. Um, and one of the issues he had contentions with, as well as evolution, was uh, global warming. 
So let's have a look at this. So as I said, when we look at this global warming data uh, over the 120 years or so, we have um, uh, the, the temperatures risen about just over one degree, 1.1 degrees, something like that. I think I saw the latest data was. But we also have evidence from the past that, for example, during the Roman period, um, so you know the first three centuries um, AD, the temperature in Europe was about two degrees warmer than the current temperature. In other words, it was warmer again than it is now. Um, and so that's, uh, and it's known historically as the Roman warm period. The, the temperatures were about two degrees above the current temperatures for that region on Earth. There was also another uh, Warm period called known as the medieval warm period, from AD 950 to about 1300, and it's also known as if you look it up the medieval climate anomaly (MCA), uh, which was also warmer than now. Also, of course, um, the there was a period from 1300 to 1870. That was known as the Little Ice Age. And this was a significant period of cold with shorter crop growing seasons. It caused famines, plagues and widespread poverty. In matter of fact, um, uh, when I gave my talk uh, just recently, um, a person came up to me and spoke uh, afterwards and said, uh, you know, as he studied history, that this particular cold period is one of the factors behind um, for example, the French Revolution, because um, you know people were couldn't grow enough uh, crops and uh, this sort of thing. And also, I can remember reading history, and I just can't remember the the guy's name, but he was from the area of Turkey, and it was around the 1300s, and he'd been um, he was a warrior that was uh, very successful, had conquered part of uh, Europe and those uh, countries through India, and he was marching his army across to um, attack China, and his there was a snap freeze, and his army froze to death in the middle of the night, and so China was spared from the invasion of this um, very... Um, uh, successful uh, warrior around the 1300s from the Turkey area. I just can't remember his name. I think it began with T. But uh, some uh, listeners also may be interested in the references to these warm periods back in the Roman period. So, for example, the uh, there was a paper published in Nature, uh, Science uh, uh, Reports, and uh, the reference is uh, volume uh, 10, number 10431, published in 2020. So it's quite recent, Nature Science Reports. Um, and the title of the article was Persistent Warm Mediterranean Surface Waters During the Roman Period, um, Maratielli, G, and others. And um, the other... Uh, there was another uh, period, uh, as I said, the reference for the uh, warm period during the uh, Middle Ages there. Uh, actually, that's a, a little bit, but you can, a uh, more difficult reference to say over the um, radio here. But 
These references can also be found in a very interesting article by Dr. Don Batten um, entitled uh, Anthropogenic Global Warming, a Biblical and Scientific Approach to Climate Change. Uh, and this article can be found on creation.com. So if you just go into the creation.com website and uh, enter in the search engine global warming, um, his article will come up. Now, his article, again, was published quite recently um, in November uh, 2020. And uh, as I said, that other report was in Nature Scientific Reports 10, colon, 10431 in 2020, titled Persistent Warm Mediterranean Surface Waters During the Roman Period. So I think we can see here that this, um, quite obviously, the world can be, can be warmer and... Um, you know, it doesn't lead necessarily to devastating effects. One of the fascinating things, too, is uh, that a a book uh, was published, Maps of the Ancient Sea Kings, and it was by uh, an academic at uh, one of the American universities, and his comment is on some ancient maps that were used by seafarers uh, Indian um, seafarers and I think Chinese seafarers um, in the 1500s. Um, and these were essentially copies of much older maps. And these maps show the outline of the land masses of Antarctica quite accurately and also of South America. Now, they don't show Australia, but they show um, South America and um, Antarctica in quite detail. And so this, um, again, would suggest that there was much less ice during a period when um, explorers were able to travel, and maybe it corresponds to the, to the Roman period of, at that particular time, uh, when it was um, uh, two degrees uh, warmer than the current uh, temperature. Uh, so that means, you know, roughly three degrees warmer than it was at uh, 1900, around 1900. But again, we remember that we had sort of a little mini ice age at that time. Now, this, all these, these fluctuations actually essentially fit with the biblical creation model for the flood, massive amounts of warm water being released uh, into the environment, and then subsequent maps of evaporation, um, a lot of volcanic activity, a lot of cooling. And the, the flood model, uh, from what I've read, is, uh, is the best explanation for the Ice Age that we know that uh, occurred. And, of course, the Ice Age is, you know, dated, you know, 12 uh, or more thousand years ago. And, and older ice ages. But really, it fits the, um, when we look at the, the data, in actual fact, it fits a much younger and more recent uh, time since the, the flood. The other thing that occurred to me too was that if this Roman period, I remember this good data reported in uh, Nature uh, Science Reports, and uh, Nature's one that probably regards the top science journal in the world, 
And if it was much warmer during that Roman period, we need uh, when we look at um, the thickness, for example, of the Greenland ice sheets, and sometimes these are used as arguments that. Um, you know, for, for hundreds of thousands of years, the, the Ice Age. But I've done calculations based on when aircraft were downed, uh, ha- had to land on the um, ice sheet in, in Greenland uh, because they'd run out of fuel uh, during the Second World War. So we know exact date when these aircraft went down. These aircraft have since been found and there's so many hundred metres under the ice. And when you look at the rate at which ice and snow has fallen since that time, I know I did a calculation that the thickness of the Greenland ice ice sheet would form in less than 2,000 years. And, of course, that would... So, again, fits that if there was a warming period, all that ice could have formed since that the Roman warm uh, period. So we're accumulating uh, more uh, data there when we look at temperature rise. Now, one of the other uh, claims, of course, is um, sea level rise. The, uh, the data suggests that it's risen about 200 millimetres, um, or about eight inches, over the past 120 years or so. Um, and, you know, that certainly has affected some areas. But I've also seen some documentaries um, on uh, television um, when I mentioned to a few friends that um, I had to give this talk they said oh have you seen such and such a documentary we must show it to you. and they gave me uh, these things matter of fact I was visiting in uh, one fo- one lot of folk and they said oh we'll, we'll put it up for you now we'll, we'll look it up on the internet and you show you the documentary and I can see they were um, showing um, you know areas of flooding that had occurred um, in uh, Maryland in the the US and and so forth and how um, you know 50 60 years ago what was a playing field is sort of now underwater um, these sort of things in areas of the town but in that particular case so my understanding is that the ground has been sinking I mean sea levels only ridden, risen eight inches not enough enough to produce you know a meter of flooding in these areas and so this is one of the other things that is taking place in some areas of the world um, the surface there is, is sinking in other areas of the world it, it's rising um, when I gave my talk at um, the uh, at the church uh, another person commented in uh, the question time that uh, research that was done at uh, the University of Auckland in New Zealand showed that in some areas the land mass had um, increased by 17% because of the land had, had risen. So there was more land had risen out of the, the water. And so the, the whole issue too of uh, the carbon dioxide effect is, is very contentious. And um, of course this is blamed for you know, the uh, global warming. But it's interesting, when I was looking up the the data, during the Cambrian period, which is supposedly 600 million years ago on the evolutionary scale, but of course this would be, this is the area, the lower part that we find fossils, and again it would date back to the flood time about 4,000 years ago, four and a bit thousand years ago. Um, the... It was calculated at that time, so it would have been the time of, of the of the flood, um, 
that the carbon dioxide content in the atmosphere was about 10 times the current level. Now, they estimate that the carbon dioxide content in the atmosphere around about 1900 was about 280 parts per million from memory, whereas now it's about 420 parts per million. So this is the basis for all this alarmist view. But during the um, Cambrian period, it was 4,000 parts per million. And then they have data through uh, other periods in Earth's history uh, from other methods that they measure independently that it was 2,000 parts per million, the carbon dioxide. So, you know, that's uh, five times the current level and, um, you know, much uh, you know, higher than the level was a few years ago. The other interesting thing is, of course, too, that another paper that I was reading recently was that if the carbon dioxide level with plants drops down to about 180 parts per million, then photosynthesis essentially stops in most plants. But for many plants, the higher carbon dioxide level means that they grow much more prolifically. And this makes so much sense. When we look again at the biblical flood model, um, it says that, you know, there were the earth was destroyed in this massive flood. And we see that in our coal deposits. There were The coal deposits have been laid down with the catastrophic destruction of forests and plant material and buried. Now, to have all that plant material growing so lushly and abundantly all over the world, again, fits in with the higher carbon dioxide levels in the past. So, again, when we look at the data, this all this alarmist material is very much unfounded and sure things are happening but we things are changing we're burning more fossil fuels but we also need to remember that a lot of that carbon dioxide goes into the ocean the ocean absorbs uh, a much uh, you know huge amounts of uh, carbon dioxide and uh, so the whole system um, and again, the fact that there was much more carbon dioxide um, around in the past, you know, underpins the massive um, carbonate deposits, limestone deposits that are around the world, the White Cliffs of Dover, the Great Australian Bight, and, um, you know, the massive limestone deposits over there in Cappadocia. And, you know, so again, we need to look at what is uh, happening in the world. And to me, the, rather than all this thing about uh, burning fossil fuels and, and so forth, sure, there are other pollution aspects that um, associate with fossil fuels uh, that we need to deal with that we're perhaps not adequately dealing with. But I think there's this alarmist view there. And to me, what is much more critical is the deforestation that is taking place. Um, around the world, the cutting down of forests. We know that huge amounts of Madagascar were cleared and uh, that's a huge forest. We know that large amounts of the Amazon are currently being cleared. We know that in New Guinea, vast forests are being cleared. And the problem is that a lot of illegal uh, forestry is going on. I have a friend who's an ornithologist and um, he was uh, telling me that one of the nesting areas of one of the birds uh, that he is a, a world authority in um, nests up in, uh, in, in Siberia, in, in Russia. And what's happening is illegal 
um, forest clearing is destroying huge swathes of forest and destroying the habitat of or the nesting habitat for this uh, bird, which is now threatening, um, you know, sort of the viability of um, this uh, particular bird that migrates there. And um, he said that from, you know, his sources, essentially what it is is that he told me that essentially what happened is they light a fire in an area, they burn, they send photos back, um, that oh, there's a massive fire in the air and forest has been destroyed. But in actual fact, they've lit the fire just in a small area and the rest they've, they've cleared and uh, that this is being shipped into a neighbouring country, I think it was China, just being shipped railroad. And so... And I think this is another thing that's that's underpinning. We know there's illegal fishing going on, we, and but one of the things that really concerns me is both the legal and illegal clearing of our forests and trees. They play a very important role in our oxygen carbon dioxide cycle. There's another very interesting documentary that um, listeners may be. Um, interest in watching and that is Kiss the Earth and it talks about too how our agricultural practices um, increase um, you know carbon dioxide levels and how we need to preserve the carbon in the soil. There is also another very interesting um, uh, book that was written some years ago called The Naked Communist and this outlines a, a political agenda to essentially underpin the, the, the Christian West. Uh, and that makes a very interesting reading because a number of the agenda points that were pointed out, and I understand this uh, book was written by a, a senior FBI advisor in the United States and also lectured um, in these uh, particular areas at uh, university. And so essentially... It seems that there are many extreme views pushing a global agenda for global warming. And I think this should be um, quite, um, uh, you know, a concern uh, for Christians. Um, It's interesting that back in... um, a few well, I think it was actually only 2019. Over 500 scientists who were experts in climate change um, wrote uh, to the United Nations that there there wasn't a climate emergency. Sure, the climate is is changing, but it's not an emergency as it is painted to be. And um, so, I think there are some um, you know things happening behind the the scenes, that um, global warming is just another political thing. It's based on there's a consensus view of people that have been uh, made to be alarmists and I think it's a a very much political matter, not so much a science matter and or not based on science, a really good science. And the evidence that supports the Bible picture and the biblical account of creation should be so much reassuring for us. For Again, remember the article on global warming um, on the uh, creation.com website is a, an excellent article that provides lots of references and data on global warming. 
And remember, if Teresa listened to this program, just Google 3abnaustralia.org.au and click on the listen button. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Have a great day. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. 